whether you like it or fucking not, the way our system is set up, two people have a chance to become a president, particularly in the presidential election. I'm not talking about governor, I'm talking about Senate, House, your local elections. I'm talking about the presidential. There's only two people who will have a chance of becoming president, and that's the Republican nominee and the Democratic nominee. If you are choosing not to vote at all, or if you're choosing not to vote for the person who has the less likelihood not to fucking kill us, that means you are voting for the other person. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Salah's Corner with the one and only Salah Muhammad. You know, I, as I was thinking about doing that, I realized I have to come up with a new intro. So that's how <laughs> I normally welcome every episode in. And as you all heard, I have somebody with me. And so with the new job that I've taken on, with everything that's happening with the election, so many things happening and taking place, I asked my beautiful sister, Farah, to, to jump in as co-host to help champion this ship, to help pilot this, this ship and, and make sure we, we continuously bring great content and engaging conversation, and a, but in a fun way. So we changed up the format a little bit. We'll get into that a little bit later, but Farrah, go ahead and introduce yourself. Oh, well, hi everyone. I'm Farrah. Uh, as he already told you, I'm, I'm his sister. <laughs> yeah, that part too. I don't know a little bit about me. So I am a student right now. I'm getting my bachelor's in political science. I'm a mother of a very interesting 15-year-old. She's she's great. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of chill, laid back, Aquarius vibes, you know, that kind of thing. I curse a lot. I use profanity very often. Same, same here. Same I, drop, here. I, I say nigga like every other word. So if that same offends here. people, I don't care. You know, just... <laughs> trying to stay black and stay alive in, in these streets you know stay black and stay alive in the streets that's that's the theme that's the theme for the rest of this episode and so, <laughs> so i want to i want to bring everybody some quick updates so like i said we got a new format and we 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 first gonna take a ride with me on this entire uh journey and so some episodes we will bring you smaller segments of interviews sometimes you know, it's going to be me and Farrah rocking it out and just vibing together. We'll make sure that the guests that we bring vibes with us, right? And so... Um, I mean, how hard updates, could it be? How hard could it really be? We're like the cool kids. We are, but I'm super judgmental at the same time. <laughs> so, like, I, I, I know, I know I'm a jerk. I'm a bitch sometimes, <laughs> but, you know, I try. I'm a very, I'm a very nice person. Don't, I'm great. I just, you are, yeah. which is which is why I had you uh, do this episode with me. All right, I love, oh. enough of the lovey-dovey. So I got a new job, right? And so I'm working, you know, I really should figure out if I should say where I'm working. I never actually asked them. I just I was going to ask you, I was going to ask if you were allowed to say where you worked on the platform. So the thing is, is they knew what I did before this. And so I never got any word that I should not. And so I'm just rocking out with that. I would, I would say go with it. They haven't said no or don't do it. So the worst they could say is maybe not do that next time. But at that point, it would be already be off the bag. So like. True, true. But I, but I feel like I represent myself well enough, at least, 
But either way, I'll, I'll leave the name out of this one, but I am working very deeply in the community as a community organizer. And so there's a lot on my plate. Sarah, I also, I don't know if I told you, did I tell you I, I got my nonprofit status? No, you didn't. That's so awesome. So we'll, we'll Congratulations. be the nonprofit organization. Thank you. The nonprofit is going to be dedicated to teaching young people about their civic engagement and, you know, creating programs that run all year long, as well as like seasonal and annual events as well. Oh, that's cool. That's so. definitely needed. These, we, I feel like I'd stopped learning civics maybe in like the third grade was the last time I actually like had a civics class that talked about it in public school. And it wasn't until I got into college where we started, they started teaching it, but even only because of, I'm on the political science track. That's facts because like I, I, you know, have numbers of conversations. I even wrote about this in one of my blog posts a few years ago and talked about how like my friend's experience versus my experience of learning political science in school was just so, there was a big gap. And so like, this is an opportunity to, to reinvest if the school district ain't gonna do it. Meanwhile, we are still pushing school districts to do that, but if they're not gonna do it, we're not gonna wait around for them to do it. We're gonna, right. we're gonna take the mantle up on ourselves. Right. So, so like I said, the new format has segments. So let's jump into our first segment, Politics Meets Pop Culture. Anybody who has been a fan of the podcast in the past know I don't dive too, too much into pop culture. However, sometimes politics and pop culture intersect. And so I think it's, you know, I've been off for a few weeks since the last time we did the podcast. And before we move any further, I have to mention Chadwick Boseman. That one, that one hurt. I know it hurt for a lot of people in the culture. That hit hard. It hit really it hard. Was, it was heavy. And it was like, you know, so many stories came out about him and how did Bill Washington pay for his, his, his financial ability to go to school. So many stories came out about, like, apparently there was something on Twitter about the fact that he, people was making jokes that he was really, really thin and frail. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they didn't know it was associated with cancer. So many different stories coming out of this. What was your... I, you, didn't, you I didn't know anything about those stories. I mean, I'm... I had a Twitter... I've had a Twitter account. I don't know if I said that with proper English. But I had a Twitter account. <laughs> and But I don't use it because I just... I don't know. Twitter just didn't... Doesn't really interest me. I do... I still have it. I'm going to try and get a bit more into it just I'm trying but when I heard about it because it, w- it was the day after the March on Washington and I was at the March on Washington um, I was out there all day long that was a, it was a great experience and my mom had I came home uh, at the Airbnb I was staying and I watched TV for a little bit ate some food and then I crashed like I went to bed like super early and my mom had texted me and 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 she and said it in the text but when i i hadn't seen it and even when i got up the next morning i didn't really look at my phone to like see what text messages said and then i was watching um i was watching msnbc and i was like doing something in passing and that's when i saw it that's when i heard it and my mouth literally dropped open and i just i sat there for about two three minutes maybe just staring at the tv with my jaw to the floor, just in utter shock. And just, 
I, I couldn't believe it. So when you had mentioned the stuff on Twitter, how people were, you know, making fun of him or whatever, I had never seen any of that. So I had I saw him getting thin, but when I saw him, I was like, oh, something's not right. Like, it's not that he's just getting thin. At first you think like, oh, maybe it's for a role because actors tend to do that. They gain weight and they lose weight for roles. And so I'm just like, okay, well, maybe it's for a role that he's doing. I wonder what he has going on. But then as he got thinner, I'm like, okay, no, something's not right because that's not that's that's just not like losing weight thin. That's like sick thin. Yeah. But I I never heard anything of it. I just I got, I just wasn't that plugged in to hear all of the things that people were saying about him. But it was it was tough. I think, and then the next day. I, I cried for sure. Like it hit me really hard. I was sitting in the car on my way back from DC, coming back to Atlanta and I was in tears. Like I couldn't, I was just in tears scrolling through social media and seeing pictures of him and videos and the one video that he did with Jimmy Fallon and the people were speaking to the Black Panther poster, like, you know, as if, what, what, would, what would you say to him if he was standing here? And, you know, they were saying yeah. all these beautiful things about him and he would pop out. And then the little boy with his mother, it was, it was, as I, I cried like a baby. It, it was, it was tough. It was really tough. Yeah, it was, yeah, I, I saw that video, recently, you know, almost immediately after the news broke. And I was like, man, that was like, that was, that video was very, very heartbreaking. Watching yeah. so many people stare at the poster and kind of like just say how they felt about the movie, say how they felt about him and his career and stuff. Because not even just about Black Panther, right? It's not even just about him being (laughs) that character. It's what he was to the culture. He played so many icons in Black culture and you could tell that he was just like such a genuine kind and and real and, and giving person that it just it, it, it floored you and, and it came so out of left field like shout out to his team like they kept that shit on lock and yeah. it it was just it still yeah, it still sucks the, the other part about that was like you know I there was this I I should probably stay off Twitter you know I really don't get engaged too too much on Twitter every once in a while I'll go on there and then I remember why I don't go on there but there was this weird like thing about people saying, well, you know, good for him, you know, not telling anybody he had it uh, for being strong all of those years. And, you know, I got into this, you know, conversation thread basically going back and forth with, with people about like, you don't necessarily have to be strong for all of this, right? Like, right. That's, not, that's not the ideal strength we want to aspire to. Like you can you can have cancer and not make a fuck a bunch of movies. Like that's okay not to do that. You know what I mean? Like and for I him, I don't even way of, of of going about like he had cancer and he still put on all of these movies. What's your excuse? Like what? That's not a that's not a comparison. That's yeah, a comparison. that's that's like the Tyler Perry thing. The, the 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 problem with what people have with Tyler Perry is when remember when he put like he had that table with all his scripts on it. He's like work work ethic. I did all oh, of this. I don't know nothing about that. Oh, uh, yeah. It was a whole thing. Like, I'm not on Twitter, but somehow I found out about it. I, I think I came across it on, like, Facebook or something. But I was like, but your scripts suck. 
are trash. Oh my God, can we? That's it's a whole terrible. other conversation. It's a whole other conversation. It's a whole other. Not, but <laughs> it's it's in the same vein of I sure. I did all of this by myself, so you have no reason to not you know X Y Z, and it's like no, it's, that's not necessarily true for Chadwick. That might have been true. Like I have cancer, but I'm not going to let this defeat me. Not right. I ha I have cancer. And I have to work hard to prove that I, you know, that I, I don't. I'm think a strong black man. For, right. That's 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 not what it was for him. I don't. I, at least I don't. It didn't come off that way. It doesn't come off that way. But it's it's in that same vein. But yeah, we definitely have to talk about that that Tyler Perry. That that, that might be that might have to be on another episode because that's definitely that's definitely going to have to be on another episode because yeah, I tried to just really quick just because we're talking about it. I tried watching his shows that came on BET, like the when they first came out, The Oval and then the show Sisters, which the whole another problem. Like why are why are you black man writing the script for four black women? It's a whole nother thing. But that part. When I <laughs> Sisters wasn't terrible, the first episode that I saw. It wasn't like bad. But the oval. It was horrible. It was it was so bad. So we have to talk about this at a later date. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll have to talk about that. But right now we we're gonna we're gonna say rest in peace to chat with Bozeman. Yes, uh, yes, rest in. And rest we're gonna in make peace. a we're gonna make a a quick transition to you know what? I'm gonna flip this first actually because I gotta save that one for last because I don't think chat deserves <laughs> to be followed up. He, he doesn't he doesn't deserve it. He doesn't. I'm gonna go it. with uh, Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. is yeah. back on Madden. So apparently the NFL can acknowledge the fact that they, they should have listened to Colin Kaepernick. Madden can put him back in the video game. But and still, still not give him a job. Play. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. What? I know nothing. I, well, I used to follow football, uh, especially when I was back in Philly before the, the, the protest started. I was watching it every week. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm from Philly. I've lived in a lot of different places. Well, not a whole lot, but I lived in a few different places after I left Philly as, as, a, as a teenager, early teens, and then moved back there for about a little under 10 years before I came back to Atlanta. And so, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an Eagles fan. But, and I, and I watched it religiously every week. And when I, wasn't, when I was, wasn't working, I would have a friend like text me play by play what was going on. And then when they... Just they just it just did him so bad. Like it was unbelievable the way that they dogged him in 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 a in an industry that's dominated by black men. And then how white people try to take that for themselves. I mean, the anthem is a country music song, which is a whole nother thing. And and so I did take part in the protest. Now, don't get me wrong. I, 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 I did go to the victory parade that Philadelphia had because it wasn't about the NFL. It was about Philly and us finally winning a Super Bowl. So I did go to that. But I, I, even when I tried to watch the Super Bowl, I couldn't watch it. I turned it on because that was the year that the, the protest started with him taking a knee and then them doing all of that, all of what they did to him and him leaving or him being fired, really. He didn't leave. He was fired. 
Right. And I, I tried to watch, I tried to watch it and I just, I can't even get, I can't even get excited about watching it anymore because the way they completely disrespected him doing and, and him doing something that was respectful, that he got direction from veterans that this would be the proper thing to do on top of what it was that he was protesting for. I mean, we're literally, we've been dying on the streets of this country since its inception, but we have different access to knowing how that is happening now. And so the, the, the NFL is just trash. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's really what it boils down to. The NFL is trash. The commissioner is trash. And now all of a sudden he's talking about all the things that they're going to do to talk about, you know, giving the, 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 the players agency to protest and they're wearing people's names. Like I, when you have the opportunity, you fucked it up. And then you fucked it up even more when you were giving another opportunity to redeem yourself. So it's like, it's, I, um, just trash ass people. I, 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 and my heart loves football, right? And I played football in high school. I used to play pickup games as much as possible. Like, I absolutely love football. I have not been able to get into football. I won't say directly after the Colin Kaepernick thing, but it really, for me, it really opened my eyes to, to some of the shit that was happening in the NFL. Not just with, like, the fact that this man was taking a silent protest and taking a knee, wasn't disrupting anybody. Right. This really had nothing to do with the NFL at all, right? Not just because of that, but, like, the number of brain injuries, how they treat players after they retire, the it's fact that they don't have surgery. access to, like, the, like health care, and they're kind of pushed back on the field, the bounties that they – well, which I already knew were playing football, like the bounties that they put on players for, like, go hit this person, knock them out of the game, you'll get $10,000, shit like that. Wait, really? Like, they do that? Well, that, yeah, yeah, that was a whole – I can't remember what team it is, uh, but that was a whole scandal a few years ago where, like, they were putting bounties on players and, like, knock this person out, take this person out of the game, you know, lay a big hit on him, and, like, the teams and, like, players had pots of money that, like, they would, they would give out for, for those players that, you know, wow. did that. And so, like, the whole NFL is just toxic. And so, on top of that, now – you know, yeah, the Colin Kaepernick thing is still a thing. I was just talking to a friend of mine who, you know, was in contact with some players and like they're saying that the NFL really isn't addressing the needs to the players. And, you know, tonight this will this episode will air in a few days, but Thursday night when we're recording is the first preseason game. And like I don't people really don't see how the season is going to go on even halfway through with no protections really in place to protect the players from, from catching COVID. So, I mean, I don't even NFL, understand how really they're doing it. NFL. I don't they're even understand how they're doing it considering what happened with basketball. Like, well, I don't get ba it. Basketball went into a bubble. NFL is basically allowing players to make their own decisions on a lot of things. Some players are out partying. Some players are quarantining themselves. Some players are kind of choosing to stay away. It's going to end bad. <laughs> it's going to end bad. It's going to end bad, and it's and it and it doesn't need to. And that's the part that's that's you know ridiculous about it. But yeah. I'll leave the rest of the NFL stuff alone. Again, that could be something else we can talk about on the next episode. Just Moving sports on. in general. Ooh, don't get me started. All right. So <laughs> apparently, Cardi B and Candace Owens. <sighs> 
is is got some beef with each other. Have you? Listen. Have you? So apparently, this is another Twitter thing. Yeah. I, this might this might end up having to be the Twitter section of of the show. <laughs> um, the Twitter dungeon of the show. Twitter dungeon. Listen. Um, have you have you seen the tweets between the two of them and the whole nonsense? No, no, I haven't. And let me tell you why I haven't. I love me some Cardi B. Okay. She's a ratchet ass mess, and I love it. I I love everything about her. Okay. <laughs> now. Candace Owens, on the other hand, I cannot stand her. She is <laughs> she's the she's the female Kanye, essentially. Like I, I, I find her to be a joke sometimes, but for sometimes. I and I tell you why I say sometimes. Because for me, for her, it's like everything that comes out of her mouth is utterly ridiculous. Is is down is ridiculous and ignorant and just it's it's crazy. But I say sometimes because her words are so fucking dangerous. So it's like she speaks and you have to laugh at yourself at how ridiculous it is, but you also have to be aware and prepared because the vitriol that comes out of her mouth and the propaganda that comes out of her mouth is so dangerous to black bodies and brown bodies and indigenous bodies that you can't take her lightly. So for, for those who don't know who Candace Owens is, you know, bless you for not knowing. Uh, but <laughs> Don't find <laughs> out. Just leave that, to the, leave that to people who need to know who Candace is. If you don't no, know I gotta, who Candace is, I got to then... tell them. <sighs> okay, fine. I got to tell them talking about it so so Kenneth Owens is a, a young black uh conservative woman who says she left the how does she say it she left the democratic plantation she always says some shit some variation of that shit right and is now with the republican party because like what okay and so like you know she calls herself a conservative she goes on all of these different news networks I, I found that I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call them news networks she goes on right-wing fringe TV. There you go. And there you go. Particu particularly like YouTube. And every once in a while, Mark Lamont Hill actually did an interview with her, which I really couldn't watch the whole thing. Yeah, I shout out to him for enduring that. But it was, it was the, 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 men, the few minutes that I saw was, was rough. But she goes on shows like Ben Shapiro, who's a right-wing... Um, nutcase? Young nut... Yeah, nutcase is a good word. <laughs> and, you know, she basically talks about how, like black people are blind and are slaves to democrats and yada 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 and so cardi b did an interview with joe biden i believe and mm -hmm. candace owens came out and basically said that basically um, she's salty as fuck because joe biden didn't interview with her and he chose cardi b instead you know why i really think she's salty about is because if anybody knows, you know, or watched the Republican National Convention or anything, or at least you knew that it took place, the Republican Party really don't fuck with Candace Owens like that. Like she was nowhere to be seen. On, I just realized that. I just realized that. RNC. She doesn't really appear on Fox News. I watched all three weeks of the yeah. Republican National uh, Convention <laughs> and I didn't even realize that she wasn't there. <laughs> and so I think she was salty that 
Cardi B, someone who isn't into you know politics really heavily. But she is though. She, she she's she's into politics more than people give her credit for. But not in a, a sense of like a political pundit. And the right. fact that she was able to have uh, have a direct line to Joe Biden, where someone like her, who's been in the political machinery for some time, I think she was kind of salty, honestly. It was a little bit of how, how Mary J. Blige say it, uh, hateration, holleration. <laughs> it definitely, it was a lot of hateration. It was a lot of hateration. I mean, I think if it, She's just she's just a terrible person. I mean, she's she she called Native American. Well, I won't even say Native. I hate saying Native Americans. I, I said that because that's the, the last thing that the first thing that popped in my head. She called Indigenous Americans savages and that they were lucky to receive the white man's religion. And I was like, our I I couldn't believe it. I I already knew she was a nut and I didn't listen to her. But I came like it was a, something that again came across my Facebook. And I happened to have the audio playing and I, I, I listened to it and I, I just couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And I think if she was more, if she wasn't so, if she wasn't so much in trying to get a soundbite and trying to be so shocking and, and trying to, to own the libs that maybe people would take her more seriously. But yeah. she just spews nonsense from her face. And, and the, the 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 direct quote was that when she so she sat down with Ben Shapiro, she did this interview, and her quote was that Cardi B's music and platform contributes to the disintegration of black culture and values. And that's something that we see happen with very conservative folks, particularly Republicans, particularly white people, some black people traffic in this is this you know, anything that has any swearing or anything that's sexualized or anything that, you know, disagrees with like your home, down home country living, church values, means it's that they don't, that they, disintegration they don't of black values. That they don't live that, themselves. <laughs> well, half the time, these folks don't even go to church as much as they say they do, but that means that it's a, a disintegration of black values. And so, Candace Owens is trash. It's definitely worth pointing her out for she's trash because some of the stuff that she speaks and a lot of the the very nasty things that she says are talking points that other people pick up. Even right. though like the Republican Party doesn't really like put her in the limelight like that, they, the they do. Alt-right groups, they own but it. What, one of the things that they do though is they may not invite her on all of their shows and platforms, but they see a black woman doing and saying stuff like that, and they think it's okay for them to say, right? And so it's worth calling out, even though I can't really stand Candace Owens. I think I've had enough of Candace Owens talk. Right we now. can move on. We 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 yeah. really can. We really can. Let's let's <laughs> let's move on. And so right now we're gonna work on our next segment. Everything is local, right? All politics are local. That's a that's a common phrase in politics. If you haven't heard it, you just heard it here. And so I'm in Philly. Fair, where you at? Well, I'm about an hour outside of Atlanta. It's a little city called Snellville, Georgia. So let's, let's basically let's, uh, Trump country. Yeah, I live in I mean, Trump country. I feel like anything outside of Atlanta. Listen, this is a saying everyone in Atlanta knows it. And we try to tell people all the time when they come here Atlanta is a different state from Georgia. Like the North Florida and South Florida. 
right atlanta is atlanta and georgia is georgia you step outside uh, of atlanta you in trump country let's talk about what's happening down in atl aka (laughs) georgia uh well right now in georgia the attorney general i always mess his name up is uh raffensperger i think that's how you say his name i always forget is 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 this is a dumb sounding name, so I always forget how to say it. Yes, <laughs> Brad Raffensperger is our attorney general. He is a Republican. And not to say that that matters, but in this day and age, it does matter, unfortunately. But he was caught purging um, nearly 200,000 people from their voter rolls. And they're, well, they, they attempted to, to do, they attempted to purge about 400,000 a little over 400,000 people. And they were successful with getting rid of almost 200,000 people saying that their addresses did not match their identification or registration, whatever. Come to find out they did match and they just got rid of them anyway. Wow. Now, Georgia is notorious for this. And actually in, 2000, in 2017, Georgia got rid of and not just the attorney general of Georgia, who at the time is, at the time is, was the now governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp. He got rid of 560,000 voters on the rolls. That was the most in American history. Wow. In 2016, 2017. Talk about voter suppression. Right? I mean. Like people, people, people still think that like, you know, the, the, the movements of the 60s and shit is just behind us, but like now- And you still, wonder why, and you wonder why we don't have Governor Stacey Abrams right now. This, this right. is why we don't have her, because he purged 560,000 people from the rolls before an election that he was running, that he was a candidate of, on top of closing polling locations, broken machines, not delivering machines to polling locations. They found warehouses full of voting machines after the election that could have been used while precincts were getting broken machines and causing lines to be hours long. So it's definitely something that we have to be aware of. Yes, it's happening here, but it can happen anywhere. So we definitely have to pay attention to that. You got to go to vote.org. You can find your polling locations, especially with everything right now going on with COVID. Find where the um, you can get links to your Secretary of State website. Find out if you can vote early. Find out where you can vote early. Find out the times that you're voting early. If you, if you can vote early, because not all states allow that. So we definitely have to make sure we plan our vote. Make sure you are registered to vote. It's super important. But yeah. Just more trash ass people. Man, it's you know it's crazy. Like I, I, I hear so many, and I know so many people who have like left Philly to go down to Atlanta to work. Black people, and it like it makes it's like, you want to think of like it's the black mecca. Well, sure. But not even just that though. It makes you want to like think twice about what state you move to because like yeah. of how racist it is, right? And that's something that I feel like that's a conversation black people don't talk about publicly enough that we actually think very deeply about like, do I want to live there? Because it's very racist 
Do I want to go to school there because it's very racist? We talk about it amongst each other, but like we don't talk about it to white people enough. And like white people, y'all need to know this shit. Like black people truly don't choose places to live because it's racist or move because it's racist. And I think that's a conversation. Yeah, I don't. I don't think people to be black in America. Like it's it's two prongs to the James Baldwin saying. To be black in America is is to be in a state of rage all the time, right? But another part of that is to be black in America is forced to be in a state of constant political thought all the time. Because you have to think about, okay, am I going to experience racism here? You know, am I going to, for black women, am I going to experience racism and sexism here? You know, for black men, am I am I going to go there? Am I going to die for walking down the street? You know, it's a it's a constant thought process that we have to have just to navigate the world, let alone this country. So it's like it's it's, it's something that we have to think about all the time. It's, it's it's crazy. There's a there's a reason why I sell on my website go to salascorner.com t-shirts that say politics are personal hey this is my this is my platform i'm just saying i'm just saying it was it was shameless (laughs) and i appreciate it it, i I do shameless plugs literally everywhere (laughs) um but like there's a reason why i i sell t-shirts that says politics are personal because for black people it is we don't get to have conversations that don't include whether or not we're living or dying have health care have jobs have access to education have a roof over our heads have access to food have access to healthy, all of those things, right? All of those things. We can't go a day without having those conversations and do have, making decisions that severely impact that one way or the other. So that's really important. Yeah, honor, um, an honorable mention, Black women during, Black feminists in particular. Well, I think if you're a Black woman, you're automatically a feminist, but that's a whole- I, I won't, I, 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 I'm going to disagree with that because Candace Owens, but go ahead. We have to count her. I mean, sorry. Fine. Anyway, <laughs> black women coined that phrase. It's 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 in the air of controversy, but I mean, we know who who really coined it. But black women coined that phrase during second wave feminism. So, shout out to black women. Shout out to black women, indeed. So I'm in Philly. So let me talk about what's what's happening. I got two points that's happening in Philly, and. This well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna tie it all in together at the end with our, our final segment that I'll introduce. But for right now, dining is reopening here in 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 Philly. Indoor dining, I should say. <laughs> and so, like that's dumb. I'm not laughing. At, I'm not laughing at you. Yeah, I know. It's just it's dumb as hell. Like it's actually dumb as hell. At least like, you guys. At least you guys went this long though. Indoor dining has been true. open here since June. Yeah. I mean, I was talking to somebody from one of my coworkers in Atlanta and they were like, Atlanta just basically has been acting like nothing's been happening. Listen, it's been wide open out here, okay? Listen, Atlanta, shut down who? Shut down what? Atlanta has been wide the fuck open, okay? For, for, for those who don't know, we do believe that the pandemic is real on this platform. Yes, so yes we do. If you we do, do not, holla. But no, Mayor Kenny announced that indoor dining would resume on Tuesday, 
they did limit the capacity to 25 people, but I mean, it's still, we're, we're heading into flu season. We are like, I just, you know, I, it, it seems like every decision that's made about what happens in the city here, and I'm sure that's how it's being handled everywhere, it seems like, because we seem to be wanting to live in a permanent state of a COVID world. It's like, how can we get back to making much as much money as possible and not how can we get back to, or focus on protecting lives? And like every decision is, seems to be about like, how can we maximize and make the most money as possible, which I think fucking sucks, honestly. Yeah. Which brings me to the next point, which is about, have you heard about the encampment here in Philly? I haven't. Please, please um, enlighten me. So the encampment is, I'm probably going to butcher how I'm putting this together, but essentially, you know, and it's something that I noticed because I was at a lot of protests back in June and, you know, there was a very stark, like, eye-opening experience being out there protesting in the streets and walking past a bunch of homeless people. And so, and encampment, I can't fucking say that word, (laughs) and encampment popped up on the parkway. You know where Parkway is, right? By the art museum. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of like a, a mini tent city, right? And so there's, a, there's tons of homeless folks out there that are living. The city, they've been in negotiations with the city. There's two encampments. I can't remember exactly where the other one is, but the first, the big one is right there on the Parkway. They've been in negotiations with the city to demand permanent housing. Um, taking over, like, PHA has, the Philadelphia Housing Authority has buildings. And so... They're asking to, to convert some of those buildings to permanent housing for some of these residents, low income or free housing for some of these residents, especially in the middle of a fucking pandemic. A fucking, we're still in a fucking pandemic, people. Right? Like, this should be a thing that you should do. Like, this isn't even like rocket science, right? Like, you want to protect the population. You want to protect people from dying and catching something. You want to protect them from be- passing it on to other folks. Also, like having somewhere to sleep at night should not be like it's a basic human right in my opinion and so they're in these negotiations with the city and the city has issued evictions three times to a homeless camp that's literally sitting on some grass on a parkway for for bogus reasons they said stuff like wait they issued they issued an eviction notice an eviction notice and where did they they put it well, what they've done is they've threatened to have police come through and sweep the entire encampment and clear everybody out, arrest people. They've started to set up barricades just now. So in the past few days, the eviction order has been released again. And so they've been fighting in this back and forth in court. And so what they're scared of is that the police are going to come in overnight and clear out all of the homeless people. So they've been asking volunteers to come through to kind of help set up some protections overnight so that like the fear is that the second news turns away and the protesters turn away from protections that they'll come in and clear everybody out. And so that's been an ongoing day by day battle in the city. And it's just, that's the latest update. I just spoke with a friend of mine before this call about what was happening with uh, the encampment and and he was going back down there and was like you know what he's going back down there he's got he's got his hockey mask he's got a gas mask he's got preparing for battle in case the philadelphia police decide to come in and clear everybody out because these orders keep coming down by the mayor and all the while they're saying to the media that the the encampment has been violent that of course 
they're wavering on their negotiations and their demands keep changing. And so meanwhile, you know, from, from my perspective and my connections with different activists that are in the area, the demands have not changed whatsoever, right? And so it's basic demand, right? Provide people with somewhere to stay. And so that's, that's the latest- During a fucking pandemic. It's fucking wild. It is wild. And just sidebar. Right? They're opening restaurants and then trying to clear out the homeless people. But go ahead. And I I just wanted what I was looking at to the side. I was pulling up on my iPad. I wanted to see what the difference in numbers were. Since we're talking about COVID, both of our local things have to kind of do with COVID, kind of not. But (laughs) Philadelphia County's cases are... Only about 10,000 more than Gwinnett County's cases where I live. And, but as a whole for our state, we have more than 100,000 cases than you guys of COVID. And we've been wide the fuck open. Like wide open. Like spread eagle wide fucking open. And it's because everything is so spread out here. Like, like I said, Atlanta is Atlanta, but then everything else is spread out. So people don't believe it. They don't wear masks masks here. And I know because you guys are in the tri-state area, that area was hit so bad that you guys have re- somewhat reasonable <laughs> precautions going on with certain things, obviously not with protecting homeless people and letting people dine inside, but down here we have we have a few mayors that try to do things but then when you have brian kemp who undercuts everything and singles out the only black female mayor or the biggest known black female mayor and try to undercut her so it's, it's wild but it just goes to show you that we just it's a fucking pandemic yeah. just we're, we're it's we're currently experiencing a pandemic so pay attention it, it is wild it's wild and you know, it's it's hard to, to figure out like what what you know what's happening in the next six months, let alone what's going to be happening next year. Next week. Everything. How about um, next week, bro? Yeah. It's <laughs> wild. All right, we're uh, we gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back for our last segment right after this real quick message. Hey, everybody! I know throughout this pandemic, everyone has been saying we're all in this together. Well, here at Salas Corner, I want to really hear from you and what you're enduring during this pandemic. Give us a call, leave us a voice memo, and we'll play that on our next episode of Salas Corner. That number is 267-225-5891. Share with me your thoughts, your feelings, things that you're doing to survive during this pandemic, and you'll get your memo featured on the next episode of Salas Corner. All right, welcome back to our main topic. We are, you know, I did a, I did an interview recently. Shout out to Shanti and Antoinette around the way curls. Um, burr, burr, burr. I love air horns, by the way. So I might throw we, them out there from time to time. <laughs> we, we might have to add that in there somewhere. But uh, <laughs> they had me on their podcast um, earlier this week. And I really want to thank them because they have a very large, much larger platform than myself, and they allotted me the full episode to talk about politics, which a lot of folks don't. don't awesome sauce, right? And so that was pretty amazing. Two two dope sisters from from Philly, 
uh, one lives in New York right now, definitely listen to Around the Word Curls. Um, yes, they are great content. Hilarious. And they have great um, content. Great content. But, but very, very smart, great content, great guests that they usually have. And so the conversation came up when I was on that episode of like, you know, what's, what's happening in this election. And so I wanted to, to continue that conversation here with you, Fair, and talking about, you know, do you think Trump has a good chance of being reelected now? Absolutely. Before, wait, you was, I was going to say, before oh. you answer that question. I'm rewinding. <laughs> rewind that. All right. Before you answer that question, erase that from your mind. One of the reasons why I, I, I wholeheartedly believe, and just uh, he has a chance and needs to be added into context, is that you have people like Susan Sarandon. First of all, I don't even fucking remember what Susan Sarandon has been, <laughs> but whatever. Some white chick. She has come out and... She's a Karen. Um, she's a Karen. Is she a Karen? She's, she's probably a Karen. She is but, a Karen. You know, she came out saying that she's basically refusing to vote for Joe Biden. And so, the, to be clear... I am not supporting and out there endorsing and fighting for Joe Biden by any means necessary, right? But, but I do believe that the way our system is set up, whether you like it or fucking not, the way our system is set up, two people have a chance to becoming president, particularly in the presidential election. I'm not talking about governor, I'm talking about Senate, House, your local elections, I'm talking about the presidential. There's only two people who will have a chance of becoming president. And that's the Republican nominee and the Democratic nominee. If you are choosing not to vote at all, or if you're choosing not to vote for the person who has the less likelihood not to fucking kill us, that means you are voting for the other person, right? And so saying that you're not voting for Biden, especially somebody like that who is you know weighs heavily into politics i i do have a soft spot for black people when they say they aren't voting or they say they aren't they aren't willing to vote for biden we have more have of a, a reason a, we have more of a reason we have a more of a reason not to trust the system right and right. so for other folks we don't have that luxury we don't have that luxury of just being like i'm not going to vote because we are the ones that end up being targeted right and so I, 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 I think when white people, particularly, and people of affluence come out with these decisions, I think, and they say it publicly and feel comfortable saying it publicly, I think it, it really takes away the opportunity of getting rid of Trump in office. What's your, what's your thoughts? Do I think Trump has a chance of winning? Absolutely. I think that... Okay, as far as Susan Sarandon is concerned. You don't have to address the Susan Sarandon. I no, really can't remember what she's in. I will. Probably the most the, 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 the most recognizable for some people is Thelma Louise. That's right. I don't know which who she was, Thelma or Louise, but she, she was one of the two. And the reason I say that she's a Karen is because of what you just stated. Black people or any, any person of color in general do not have the luxury of just saying, oh, I'm, 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 
I'm, I'm not voting because of XYZ reason. In reality, we, we don't have the luxury of saying something like that because politics are personal and it's so detrimental to our lives. Like you said before, I understand when people, I understand when we say it, I understand why we say it, why, why people, I say we because I say I'm speaking as people of color as a whole. I understand why it's said. I don't necessarily agree with it. And I've learned to not fight that. But we don't really have the luxury of saying something like that. So when someone tries to, a white woman specifically, tries to impose their privilege and spout something like that, that's so detrimental to people's lives, is why I say she was caring. Like, it's, it's, it's irresponsible, it's, it's threatening to people, it, it dangers people's lives. And, and like you said before, in, in, a, in a country where we have a two-party system, whether you like it or not, these are our options. And like, as, as you said, I am not out here campaigning for Joe Biden. He was not my choice for a candidate, but he is what we have. Is he perfect? No, I don't expect any candidate to be perfect personally. We're, we're, we're humans and we all have flaws. And so I don't expect for there to be a candidate this, that speaks to everything that I, I, I want personally. But I understand that in politics, it's about choosing the person that can get you closest to what it is you want. So next time you can get a bit closer. And in this instance, not voting for Biden will not get us closer to what it is that we want, or what it is that we need. Though Donald Trump was the, he was the worst thing and the best thing that could happen to this country because it woke people the fuck up. It got them to realize what was going on and it activated people that would have never been activated before to be interested in politics and to know what's going on and to get involved in their communities and or get involved in politics and, and things of that nature. But he's dangerous. I mean, he he's going, if, if you've been paying attention this week, he essentially is starting an arms race. Like it's yeah. the beginnings of an arms race with China and Russia. So let, let's let's talk about that. So what what you're referring to is Trump basically said that we have secret nuclear weapons that nobody knows about. A, a, like, a new weapon okay. that no one knows about. I, I, I built this thing and who you never know when he's lying or not. But the fact that you don't know whether he's lying or not to make himself look good is just as dangerous. And, and the, the pro, I mean, for, for folks who, who are thinking like, what the fuck is the big deal with that? The problem is, is like, whether he's lying or not, now other countries believe you have these secret weapons. So now they are incentivized to start making their own secret weapons and start making their own nuclear weapons and nuclear technology 
that rivals ours, right? All, so all the while. It's, it's, a it's a possibility of really sparking off a new nuclear arms race. And not just between our two biggest rivals, China and Russia, but all the while, while we're trying to deter other countries from obtaining nuclear weapons, i.e. Right. North Korea and Iran. Right. And we already were pulled, we already got pulled from the Iran nuclear agreement. He's, he's cozying up to Kim Jong-un and actually Bob Woodward, who wrote the book, I think he called, it's called Rage, Rage, I think. Mm -hmm. It hasn't come out yet. But for people who don't know who Bob Woodward is, he works for the Washington Post. And he was, him and one of his partners were the ones who basically outed Nixon. <laughs> and so for him to even be speaking to him and he knows who he is, is already, <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Like he already wrote a book about you and you already trashed him on Twitter, but you sit with him and do 18 hours worth of interviews. <laughs> but that's a whole nother conversation. But like, so he gave him, he, Bob Woodward himself has letters that Kim Jong-un wrote to Trump. Like, it's insane. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. Let's, let's, and it's let's dangerous. It's, it's, it it's is. dangerous. And, and let's, this let's is why he to... shouldn't be here. But he's, he had the high, a good chance of winning still. That's exactly what I wanted to get back to, right? And, and talking about like how, the reason why I think he has a good chance of winning, you know, other than some of the things that I say, like your, you know, your people and your celebrities like Susan Sarandon, while I, I do believe Trump has opened the eyes of a lot of people that haven't gotten engaged with politics that wouldn't have otherwise, I also think he has furthered division between people. So there is no incentive for folks to come to the table and actually make the changes yeah. that they want to see. And that's a huge part of his strategy on winning, right? We see that in how he talks about other politicians. He refuses to, to even talk to Nancy Pelosi, who is the, the Speaker of the House, right? He, he hasn't met and spoken to her in months, right? He talks about basically mail-in ballots being fraud, even though he does it himself. So why? Because it encourages people not to participate and not to trust in the process of electing someone new and further increases his opportunity to instill division into the people who are uh, invested into what's happening. And so I think when you see folks like a Susan Sarandon or other folks, particularly white people, my biggest gripe with this are white people mm -hmm. because they are the Karens. You're, I, I agree, they are Karens. And they, what they do is they, they have a choice. They look at this as a choice for them, right? Because their, their livelihood, especially those who come from money or have money or, or are well-to-do, their livelihood is not at threat, right? For Black people, the reason why I am a little softer on their stance on participating in voting things like that because we are the victims of so much misinformation and we are the victims of so much voter suppression like we talked about earlier in georgia we are the victims of now mail ballot 
being, you know, taken away from us in different ways by sabotaging the post office, right? And so for Black people, there's a reason why we don't have a lot of mistrust in the system. But when white people use their privilege as a way, because that's what really this is, she's, you know, yeah. she's flexing her white privilege muscles. When white people do that, it further instills this. It's, I mean, it's honestly, it's the same thing that happened in 2016. When yeah. it was white people who came out and made the argument that Hillary was the lesser of two evils, quote unquote, or either one of them, like, how do you choose which one is the lesser of two evils? And it's a nonsense debate. The simple fact is, back in 2016, Hillary Clinton, and now today with Joe Biden, both of those candidates are easier to bargain with, are less likely to sabotage government from doing anything, whether you agree with policy or not, and are more inclined to be swayed by public opinion to do what the public wants them to do, right? Mm -hmm. Regardless of what their policy stances are. Most normal politicians are like that, no matter what side of of the political aisle they're on. And so that's not him. That's not him at all. And that's not how politics works. Politics works. It's supposed to work so that you can apply pressure to the candidates and they can do what the people want them to do. Not to get in the office and just fuck shit up and do whatever you want. Yeah. I would say, and I I knew that most normal, I don't think the Republican Party has been normal for a very long time. They haven't been, they haven't had normal, they haven't acted as a norm, normal <laughs> party in a very long time. So that's best to be taken with a grain of salt. But I, I agree, especially white women. I have a, I have a gripe with white women in general. 53% of white women voted for Donald Trump last time. And I just, I always think of the, the Women's March and seeing pictures, photos from the Women's March. And there were these women, these white women in their pink pussy hats. And they were standing there taking a selfie, these two white women. And there was a, wom- a black woman. I don't know if she realized it or not, but she was just, had a lollipop in her mouth and she had a sign that said, don't forget 53% of white women voted for Trump. And it just and the the image of that post her 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 sign and these white women just nonchalantly like oh we're here taking a selfie is the epitome of that privilege right like many white men like white women like to use their proximity to power to maintain their power and Susan Sarandon whether she realizes it or not is flexing that muscle to. Hard to maintain a certain moniker of power by initially saying, so she initially she said she was going to, she wasn't voting for Biden, was going to vote third party for some guy. I had to look it up. I think his name is, some, it's a podcaster. His name is like, uh, Ryan Knight. Yeah, Ryan Knight. And to say, I'm not voting for Biden. He's a, <laughs> basically saying, calling Joe Biden a fascist, which I find to be extremely interesting. Joe Biden is a fascist, but not Trump. Yeah, she said the Democratic, yeah, the Democratic Party is basically, Democratic Party and Biden are a group of fascists, essentially, that are, now, people's gripes with the Democratic Party, I get it, because they have definitely used people of color for a very long time without giving them 
what without giving us what we've been asking for so i understand the gripes with the party in general but joe biden is far from a fascist <laughs> he might be and they said that they were like they they call this brian knight guy called nancy pelosi uh, chuck schumer and joe biden said that they were center right and just all of these things and and of course he's he's white too so <laughs> And you can say what you want. I definitely believe that they are much more conservative than the rest of the party. But at least I'll say Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden. I don't know about Chuck Schumer. I kind of I, I have a lot of opinion about Chuck Schumer. I don't I don't really trust him. He's kind of that's a whole other. Yeah, he, he he comes off as a as a uh, a slimy New Yorker. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole other conversation. Yeah, but at least with the at least with these people in the party. They have is some form of rationale and compromise that you can go to them with. So would you rather get a little bit, maybe you won't get all of the things, you may not get a Green New Deal, but you will get movement on climate change. You know, you may not get Medicare for all, but you'll get a public option maybe. You know, it's like, it's, it's the small steps that I think people take for granted we live in a, in a world where everything is so immediate and immediate access and immediate, you know, I can see everything is happening right now where someone's on live and I can, I can get my food right away and I can get all of these things so readily avail available to us. Information is so readily available to us that people forget that compromise is necessary and people don't realize how slow the political process moves, especially when people are not put into place to to move things forward as opposed to making them go backward you know that's that's true there's there's an old saying in politics and that it's it's oh my god what is the thing i just fucking said it the other day something like it's not a it's not a race it's a marathon some shit like that whatever it's a true saying right it's really it's not it's a marathon. Like this shit is, it takes a long time for a lot of these changes to come to fruition. And a lot of times it doesn't happen in the lifetime of people that's trying to make those changes. Right. And so that's always something to consider with all of this. All right. So one final question as it relates to this topic, okay. what is your, what's your, what's your percentage of, you know, chance that you think Trump has of being reelected? I think it's 50, 50. I really do. I think it's 50-50 because people are so, it's 50-50. Uh, it's That's fair. I, I'd say the same. I definitely think it's 50-50. I think there's still a lot to, to, to see how it plays out. Um, Which boggles my I, mind. I don't understand. This year, I was going to say, if this year has shown us anything, like fucking anything can happen the day before the election. So... You don't know. This 2020 is wild. So I really do think it's 50-50 chance that he'll be reelected. 2020 is... <sighs> that's that's what 2020 is. 2020 came in, kicking the door, waving the full form. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll drop a biggie lyric real quick. All right, we are going to take a real, real quick break, and we're going to come back with our final wrap-up. Here at Salah's Corner, I am always looking to connect with new people, hear new perspectives, and share new stories. And right now, I want to hear from you. 
email me at realtalk at salazcorner.com and we can get your story feature on our next episode. All right. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Thank you. Thank you for, for joining me in this episode. We got one more new segment for, for everybody, and it's called the Whack-Ass of the Week. Whack-Ass of the Week. So this is a new segment, and what we, the way it works is Farrah and I will each nominate a Whack-Ass of the Week. You know, which one of these Whack-Ass politicians, business people, prominent figures deserves the title this week? So um, many to choose from. So many whack ass to <laughs> choose from, right? And so what we're going to do is the day this episode drops, which will be the new day this episode drops, will be Sundays. On Sundays, we will drop the uh, vote in our stories. Please check it out to, to, to vote on who is. Because I want to know. I want to know. I, really, I want to know what the people think. I really want to know. So, all right. So, and real quick, we'll, we'll, I'll nominate my whack ass of the week, week and the reasons why. And you do the same. Each week it'll change, so we'll have a new whack ass. And so this week I'm nominating Jim Kenny. We this whole episode we you know we basically shit on the entire Republican Party, right? And, <laughs> I think that's going to be um, a pretty general thing, unfortunately. I, I don't mean to because probably just a quick so that people know. I our cousin is a Republican. <laughs> yeah, but he's like sane. And I don't mean to shit on his party, but like those people are batshit fucking crazy. I've I've held back my views. I, I got some real deep views about this stuff, but this is stuff I think about all the time. We might have to dive into a real deep episode where I blow some people's fucking minds. But <laughs> we'll save that for we'll save that I'm for a later it. day. I'm I don't with the shits. I by no means uh, support Republicans. But Mayor Jim Kenney is a Democrat in the city of Philadelphia, and he gets this week's whack ass award. Why? Because he's doing dumb shit like sweeping the encampment and kicking homeless people out of a fucking park. He's Trash. doing dumb shit like going out of town, dining, then coming back into town into a city that did not have open dining, uh, indoor dining, but did it out, out of town, you know, thick pictures and shit like that, and then decided to open indoor dining again. Trash. Trash. I, think, I think if anything, with the protests that took place in Philly over the summer, with how he's, you know, really had a very lackadaisical response to the pandemic and how he handled the budget in Philly that took place where, you know, people were calling for defunding the police and the budget that was proposed was basically shit. And now with this encampment, you know, a lot of people in Philly are basically calling for his resignation. This week, I nominate Mayor Jim Kenney for the whack ass of the week put my stamp on it. I mean, you had some pretty valid points. Uh, what yeah. can I say? I mean, if you if you you try to get rid of homeless people, like, where do you think they're going like, to go? Like, exactly. And we're in a fucking pandemic. Like, yeah. how horrible of a person do you have to be? Like, really? Yeah. All right, Farrah, who you who you, who's your whack ass <sighs> for the week? Who's your nominee? Um, my nominee for whack ass of the week is someone who's been who's been really fighting hard for, for this nomination. He's been fighting hard for the last 14 years, I'd say. Something like that. Moscow Mitch McConnell is my whack ass of the week. And he's my whack ass of the week for multiple reasons. He has single-handedly broken the Senate. 
They, they pass no legislation. All they do is nominate judges, conserv young conservative judges to lifetime appointments. He held up hundreds of seats from President Obama when he was the president during his nominations that he, where he could have put judges in place. He purposely held those seats for eight years. Well, for six years, because we had both houses originally in, the, in his first two years. Mm -hmm. for, so for six years, he held up seats for judgeships. And now he's just shoving them through. And which is, is insane. He held up uh, Merrick Garland's Supreme Court seat for no reason at all. And the House sent him a second COVID relief bill. She sent the CARES Act to him. What I think we're at four months ago now. Yep. And they're, they're just now trying to attempt to pass something. They're calling it COVID light. And they can't, he can't even pass that. The only thing Rand Paul has done that is worth any honorable mention is the fact that he sided with Democrats to not pass this COVID light bill. But it's only because Rand Paul is, is, is an asshole. And we can talk about Rand Paul at another time. He's ridiculous. He, he, there's a good chance he could be a nominee for oh, right he, he initially uh, was out. my nominee. He initially was my nominee. The only reason I took him off was because he decided to not pass COVID light. But there, it was, it was a pot, it, it was, it was there. It's something ready for him to take to the floor to, 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 to debate. Yeah. And it's been sitting uh, on his desk for four months now, and he's done nothing with it, with it, while people are dying from a pandemic, while people are being evicted from their homes but people still have no jobs. Just It's just so much. And he's being complicit in the atrocities that this president is putting forward, which is essentially his agenda anyway. I mean, his wife works for the, she's a part of the administration. Yes. And so Moscow Mitch gets my nominee for a white guest of the week this week. Well, we'll have to uh, we'll have to revisit why we call him Moscow Mitch on a, on another episode. And who knows? Honestly, again, Mitch McConnell might also be another whack ass of the week. Maybe at the like after a few weeks, we kind of like tally it up and see who's got the most whack ass of the week. Like like the Sweet Sixteen. And yeah, like maybe like some, a, something like that. A like bracket. a whack ass off. Whack ass bracket. Whack ass off sounds a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> But I ain't touching that one. <laughs> All right, I wanna, I wanna let's let's wrap this up. Thank you, Farah. Uh, Thank you so much. Say welcome to my new co-host. Round of applause. You did fantastic. Burr, 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 burr. Um, let's 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 bring in the air horns. Um, <laughs> thank you as always. Feel free to email me everything about how you hate and disagree with me at realtalk@philoscorner.com. <laughs> You know, I do say that at the end of every episode. You know, I'm at like 51 episodes so far for the podcast. Finger and I actually, finger snaps. I, I do actually get hate mail sometimes or like hate messages on Instagram. I don't usually share it. And I usually say, 
email me how much you disagree with me at realtalk.com. <laughs> but I do get them sometimes. I even get people that block me on Instagram uh, uh, very often. And I'm like the nicest guy. Like I actually do enjoy <laughs> getting into debates, respectable debates with people, but people sometimes yeah. they just ain't having it. They just won't block me anyway. But, I mean, you don't need that kind of negativity in your life, so it's fine. I, I don't. I don't really give a shit, honestly. <laughs> so uh, email me your hate mail at realtalk.com. We are still doing guests for those who are curious about the new show format. Um, come join us. Uh, come join please, us. Come join, come join us. us. I just have a co-host um, that's going to help me see this process through a little easier so I can kind of share the workload a little bit and, and dedicate more time to things that's happening around us and drop in a few guests here and there to kind of hit that final point home. Thank you as always for tuning in um, and until next time, peace y'all. Bye guys. <laughs>